welcome. This is Talking Joy, creating joy, inner peace, and authentic connections. My name is Pam Rotelli-Robertson, and I am founder of lifestyle brand Talking Joy. As a certified spiritual director, I have been leading groups with the power of words, the strength of positivity, and the gift of joy. During our time together, our focus will be on simple spiritual practices that can be applied to your everyday life with the wisdom and support of others. Talking Joy talks to help you realize your value. I am so glad you're here. Simple, joyful, fun. Let's get talking. Fiona, welcome to the Talking Joy podcast. I'm so glad that you're here and you're going to talk about, uh, you know, your unique music and about how you marry music and technology together. You know, you said in an article that I read about you that you started singing at the age, at age four, and that's, yeah. that's pretty young. Um, tell me a little bit about that. What that feel like as a kid to have yeah. that outlet? Oh, well, I'm trying to think. So I used to, my very first lesson uh, lessons were with um, my teacher, Mary Martin. And I actually just found, I was cleaning out my piano bench that I've had since that age. And I just found this little note that I'd written about Mary and it was some school project, but she actually used to sing and play um, like with Duke Ellington's band, like way back. And so it was really like, it was amazing for me to go and visit her after school once a week. And um, yeah, and I would just go and sing and it was mainly jazz standards, like kind of simple jazz standards. And then um, a lot of musical tunes. Uh, so I'd sing from My Fair Lady and The King and I and um, but I really just grew a deep passion, I think, honestly, at that age for jazz. Mm -hmm. And um, and especially like I'm trying to think one of my favorite songs uh, that I learned with her and then I carry I've carried with me and I was actually thinking about redoing an electronic version um, in like Ableton Live, which is my didio, uh, digital audio workstation. But Misty is one of my favorite jazz standards. And um, I learned that with Mary. And so I think it was just really special. I always loved going and I was always really into sports and soccer. And um, But there was something about going to Mary's house and learning to sing with her when I was young. That was just so great. And I loved to perform and we'd have these recitals and I'd perform piano and I'd sing these songs and I'd dress up and it was always so exciting for me. And then um, after doing lessons with Mary, I actually kind of stopped because I had gotten so into sports. Okay. And so I was playing soccer all the time and then um, field hockey all the time. And then when I got to high school, um, I was getting really into choir and I'd kind of been in like middle school choirs, but then I went to um, Denver East High downtown um and they have the best choir program and um so i started singing a lot and getting into like mixed choirs and different choirs and then my teacher there mr taylor put me in touch with a new vocal teacher um winnie hartman who honestly changed my voice forever and she like really helped me grow into the singer that i am now and it was amazing like i would go to her house and i'd it was this old little house near Washington Park in Denver. And I'd go down her little basement, I'd follow her and she was like 83 years old. And she had all different types of glasses for like reading music. And then she'd put on new glasses to look at me. And it was oh like, she was gosh. this cute, lovely, amazing woman and so talented. And she would sing all over Denver. And, um, but she was also like really tough. And so, um, and I had to go and like audition to even get lessons with her. 
Um, but yeah, just one day, like we had been going through different exercises and different trainings and I've been classically trained like my entire life too, kind of before yeah. like singing songs. Um, but yeah, just one day, all of a sudden, just something clicked like in my larynx. And I don't know if it was just like my age and just how I'd matured and I don't know my body and everything, but it just clicked. And all of a sudden, like, I just felt this, um, this tone that I'd never felt before. Mm. And like this passage of my breath and my support and my diaphragm and um, just everything in my music. And all of a sudden, like when he stopped playing and she was like, you found your voice. She was like, that's it. And it was crazy. And so I actually went in to, um, I was working on um, an audition for our cabaret at East High. And I actually auditioned with um, Misty my sophomore year, but that was before I had started lessons with Winnie. And then I had started lessons with Winnie, I think end of my sophomore year. And so, um, and we had just been like learning so much music, like developing the repertoire, singing um, everything from like Italian arias to different types of jazz standards. Um, and uh, in all different languages, like from French, English, Italian, mainly Italian, some Russian, um, Rusalka's Ode to the Moon. Um, but anyways, and so I went into audition for our cabaret with, um, what was it? I Got Rhythm, I think was the song that I sang my junior year. And I remember I sang for my choir teacher, director, Mr. Taylor at East. And um, I finished singing and he like got up and it was one of like the best moments of my life because I don't know I just I was I was so excited and he was just shocked and he was like oh my gosh where is this coming from this new voice of yours like what is this like you've finally grown into this like and he came and he hugged me and he was like I'm so proud of you like and it was and it was so cool and um I haven't thought about that moment actually in a while mm -hmm. <laughs> and so yeah and so that's kind of just um when it really happened like when I really just found like my new maturing voice you and know then what I, I love really about, about what you said, uh, you know, a couple of things and mm -hmm. um, you felt it in your body, your, yeah. your body, like you were pointing at your throat and, and your chest and about taking that deep breath in. And, and um, it's just interesting, just in my work, I teach a lot about um, sort of that emotional center, how we feel things much more as a body sensation than, yeah. you know, when we, when we think about things intellectually, we want to sort of analyze them and kind of turn them around in our hands and, and look at them. And, but, but you, it, when you have a felt sensation, it's like this intuitive sort of yeah. experience. And, yeah. and that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the other beautiful gift that I heard, um, and we talked a little bit about this before, sort of is um, there were people placed on your path yeah, that brought yeah. you into the future and added each one added this layer to yeah. sort of that awakening to that moment where you found your voice. If that right. makes sense. Yeah. You know, all yeah. of those interesting yeah. teachers. Um, yeah. And the yeah. other thing that you said is that the one teacher was, was kind of tough um, yeah. and somebody else was telling me a story that was on my podcast yesterday. And he was saying mm -hmm. that when he was in high school, he had a friend that he played tennis with and it was comfortable. They played tennis yeah. together and they would go out and it was fun, but it never really challenged. They never challenged each other that it was right. easy. And he said, not until he started to play with other people who were better than him, did it yeah. force him out of his comfort zone and right. it made him uncomfortable, but it made him get better. And so sometimes when teachers are tough like that, yeah, oh man, I with totally. them, <laughs> yeah, I would get nervous to go over to her house sometimes because I would just be like, 
I don't know. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I want to, I want to like show her that I'm improving, but I, yeah, I just never knew. So, but it was so good. Totally. Probably learned more than her, you know, more from her than, Oh yeah. Um, I love the visual of the different glasses. That just is like (laughs) Mr. Magoo or something. And it's your head just kind of peer over. (laughs) That's so cute. But I knew she was watching and listening somehow like a hawk. So (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Um, So how does that feel different for you than sports? Like what, what's the contrast? You know, if you were really into sports, so you you found the music as a little kid, you kind of went away from it for a little bit Mm -hmm. and kind of really got into sports, which is great. And, um, but then you kind of found your voice (laughs) later. And so what, tell me a little bit about the contrast between this and. Yeah. I, well, so I think, yeah, so I guess it was kind of like the age, like kind of pre high school and then kind of into high school too. But, um, I think I had kind of just heard and I'd been thinking like, oh, I have to choose, I have to choose, but I never wanted to choose. Like I loved both so much. And um, so I think it kind of worked out. And that's actually how um, I honestly was like led to Middlebury because um, I went to Middlebury um, to play field hockey. I was recruited by Catherine DiLorenzo. Mm-hmm. And um, and I just totally connected with her because she was a music major in college. And so she herself was a musician, classical violinist and um she told me that I would be able to still pursue music and she found that really important kind of like in my development and my growth as a student and she didn't want me to stop that or choose and so um and so I think like the contrast between both I feel like I almost find um more similarities between the two because like in high school I was really into like all state choir and I was in two different choirs my senior year um singing in a small jazz Uh, acapella ensemble called the Angel Airs, 11 person choir, and then huge honors choir. And then field hockey, we'd play mainly in the fall, but then I was doing club all the time. But I think honestly with both, there was a contrast, but definitely I had teams in both. Um, Well, you know what, I got goosebumps when you said this, but um, how about the irony of the coach being a music major? It's and, yeah. and so, you know, if you look again at your at these people that came across your path and that nothing is lost, yeah, there is no contrast because one led you yeah. to to the other. I love that. Right. Yeah. And so it was really and it was really great for me because then like I felt like I could still pursue both at like a high level that I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And my leaders in both places were OK with it and they encouraged it, which yeah. was so nice for me. That's and I'm really thankful for that. And, um, but yeah, and I think too, like they're both performance, they're both performances, like always. And like, when I think of games, like it was a performance, you're going out and you're performing. And even like Catherine would say that, or D- coach Dilo would say that. Um, and she would compare like me singing to performances sometimes, like when we were talking about how I was to improve or get better or what I could do. And she would kind of talk about like just the performance of it. And, um, yeah, because you're going out there to like show your best, like at this moment, and um, yeah, and oh, I love that because that's so relatable that. to what you what your other passion is, the singing, right? To to use that analogy, I think is brilliant. Yeah, and and you want to be kind of at the top of your game, and you've prepared and you've practiced, rehearsed, and so there's so much from both that go in to this final like presentation and beautiful. Um, happening i guess yeah in both senses and so i guess yeah i just kind of see more similarities between 
the two. And then I, when I got to Middlebury, um, it was really amazing because my first year we ended up winning the national championship for field hockey division three, which was amazing. And it was the coolest experience. And, um, I feel so lucky to have been on that team (laughs) and it was so cool and, um, a wild way to start college for sure. And then, um, after that, I was kind of trying to decide like what I wanted to study and pursue. And so I started sophomore year or second year, um, playing field hockey, but then, um, I was given the choice by then at that point, I'd kind of gotten more into the music scene at Middlebury and, um, music department. And so I'd met different teachers. created a band there. Yes. And that was later, that was later on in my junior year and then senior year. But before then I was kind of just trying to figure out like what I wanted to do musically at Middlebury because I was missing choir from high school. And um, I had thought about acapella. And then um, I realized we had our uh, sound investment jazz ensemble, which was like a 17 to 20 person band. Um, and so I started singing with Dick Foreman, who's the jazz director at Middlebury and taking lessons with him, um, while also taking lessons with Carol Christensen, who I still take lessons with actually. And I just had a lesson with her this morning over zoom. Oh, cool. Um, and she's amazing. And she also even like has taken my voice to the next level of its like maturity and sound. And so, and she's incredible, but so I was taking lessons with them and then, um, Dick, uh said that the jazz band was looking for a lead singer and they hadn't had one in years and um so he kind of told me like i would kind of have to choose between like field hockey and that and um and so it was such a hard decision but it was for so sophomore year was the 100th year anniversary of ella fitzgerald and um so they were doing this whole ella like themed year and all the concert repertoire was just going to be about ella and um honoring her and her um art and genius. And um, so, yeah, so it was really tough. And it was like one of the hardest decisions I've had to make. Yeah. Um, but I decided to, um, yeah, stop playing field hockey, which was so hard. But again, Catherine was the most supportive person. And she knew this; it was right for me and it was the right time for me. And I couldn't let that opportunity pass. And um, yeah, and I kind of just felt like in my heart that music was going to be something that I wanted to pursue after college and that I really wanted like to do for my life. And so, yeah. And so that's kind of then like how I made that transition. So let's talk a little bit about uh, when you were in high school and you did circle songs. Can you tell me what they are? Cause I want to kind of lead into the type of music yeah. that you do and, and what led you to that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So um, I guess, again, going back to uh, East High, so our East High Choir Department, um, it was so great because we had so many different performances, like Cabaret in the Fall was jazz, and then we'd do different things like called arranging projects, which were basically introductions to creating acapella music um, with other singers, and it'd be like four to five people in a group. Um, and then uh, we would have our pop show in the spring, and you could audition like any sort of pop number and then perform it. Um, and so I actually performed Walking on Sunshine um by Katrina and the Waves with some friends my junior year but anyway so then leading into senior year I auditioned for our Angel Airs Choir which was this um 11 person jazz acapella ensemble um and uh in Angel Airs we would have different exercises and we'd be sight reading all the time and learning all sorts of jazz um from honestly, just like kind of syllable pieces. So more scatting and us trying to resemble like trumpets or 
saxophones or different like songs like that and more kind of atmospheric sounds um, from just like really beautiful pieces um, and uh, like singing different lyrical jazz pieces. But um, as a part of like creating our repertoire as a group, we would do this exercise uh, called circle song. And um, and after I talked about what well, so I talked about arranging projects and that was like kind of an acapella thing. And so um, and that was just learning about how to listen to others and sing and then arrange and then circle song was basically this um, experience where we would circle up in our like beautiful choir room, which was at the top of East High, which is this really old historic building downtown. Mm -hmm. And it was really lucky the choir room sat on the top of the building, like right below the clock tower. And we would look out over Denver and you'd see the Denver skyline and massive windows. And then you'd see the mountains in the background. So it was just like, it was honestly the most magical place to sing. I actually wrote my college entrance essay about that room and that space. Um, but anyways, so we would, we would circle up and we would just kind of stand there and someone would, um, just choose to like go into the circle first. Like our, our director, Mr. Taylor wouldn't like have any input on this. He would just like kind of sit or he'd go do something honestly. And he just wanted us to like blend, um, and bond as a group. And so someone would go into the middle and they'd close their eyes and they'd start just thinking about something. And then they would point to someone and they'd sing a line and they'd be like, okay, they'd start singing this line. And then that person would start singing it with them. And then they'd be like, okay, this is your loop. Like you loop into that. And then I would go over to like someone else and I'd kind of, and I would know like who the beatboxer in the group was. And I'd be like, okay, can you beatbox this and start this? And then I'd go to someone else and give them like a scat improvisational, like maybe melodic, like down line or kind of like a waterfally thing or something. And then I'd give a lot of rhythmic parts and we had 11 people. So it was really cool. Cause you did have um, enough voices to like really get a lot of variation and contrast. I love um, how you and then picture because the I can thing. see like I'm there in that room with the view. Oh, really? Oh, awesome. Sounds and, oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So but, and then all of a sudden, once you kind of create that, like you would, and then the person in the middle would like sing a solo over it. And it could be like a poem or anything that you'd thought of. And so that was really kind of it. Um, but yeah. So, so was that the first like little shift in your noticing that there was this other layer to to music that you were wanted totally, to yeah. that you were curious about or yes definitely yeah I had never I was trying to I mean I had, I had done a little bit of songwriting and it was kind of more just me like I, I would be walking or something and I'm kind of like singing my own tune um but I never really thought about like sitting down and like writing my own songs mm -hmm. as much um until that moment and doing this like all throughout my senior year um yeah there's something so beautiful in um like imagining sounds and different things kind of in your head and then being able to like have another human voice sing it and then actualize it and have this thing and sometimes it would turn out like totally whoa like i need to start over <laughs> like yeah. this is bad but yeah that was kind of the first time i realized like wow like this is a really magical thing to be able to think about sounds and create them into something new that we maybe haven't heard before. Okay. And, um, and so it was really cool for me because then after my first year of college, I went and I studied um, electronic music, composition and creation um, in Ableton Live, which is this digital audio workstation that I mainly use for all of my audio production and composition mm -hmm. and sound. Um, but I went to study that um, at the Berkeley College of Music in Valencia, Spain, 
Um, Because our field hockey team had actually gone for a trip to the Netherlands to play. And so then I ended up staying over that summer to study abroad. Um, But then it was amazing because as I was learning Ableton and learning kind of electronic music and getting into it in my own production sense, I was just amazed at how I could so easily like loop my vocals and I could chop them up and turn them, basically recreate my circle song from high school. And um, that was when I kind of realized, like I remember calling my parents from uh Berkeley and just being like this is I don't know like this this just seems like something that I want to do and this is what I want to do and this just seems so right and I just like felt so excited about it and I was like I just want to pursue this and I don't how know they, what, in what form you, exactly but this is it. how would you say you yeah. explained that to them can you tell me that how did you explain to your mom and dad like <laughs> hey like I have this <laughs> this like breakthrough. I don't know. How do you articulate that? Oh yeah. I, I think it was just like this feeling I would stay in these, I would stay in these recording labs, um, and spaces until like two in the morning and I would just lose track of time. Mm. And, um, and I was creating like all of this content and like the songs weren't actual songs. They were more just like these little like sonic sketches and like little vignettes of sound and, yeah, I was just kind of keeping this like journal, this almost a sonic journal of all of these beginnings of the vocal compositions. Um, but yeah, I was just, I think I was losing track of time because I was just in this like new realm and space and I was transported, um, yeah, into this like new vocal creative space. And I was trying, and I just, something just clicked in me and I like, I, I called my parents and I was like, I just, I want to pursue this and I'm so, I don't even know what it was. It was just like my body was drawn to it. My mind was drawn to it. Um, my calling. voice was drawn it's, to yeah, it. You were just, it's, yeah. you're, you're following yeah. your bliss or you're, you know, answering your calling. I mean, yeah. I, I feel that just the way you're yeah, talking and your like body that. language. Um, and so tell yeah. me a little bit yeah. about um, when you were at the University of Denver and um, these whale sounds and how did that play into, um, you know, is this where you fell in love oh, with? with this uh, yeah yeah well so interpretation I, of music mm-hmm. yeah well because at that point i had only done improvisation um in our jazz and in, in angel airs and uh kind of via scatting and i'd gotten really into scatting and um but i'd only thought about it in like this musical kind of jazz sense like okay i'm hearing the key i'm hearing the melodies i'm hearing the instruments like i'm gonna go for it and at first I was so horrified and I was like, oh my gosh, like how am I supposed to improvise over this? How am I supposed to sing? And then um, I just started getting more comfortable with it. And then so I got um, a call from Timothy, Professor Timothy Weaver, who is the head of the Emergent Digital Practices at University of Denver. And um, he is an incredible researcher, uh, performer, professor, creative artist, uh, biologist, kind of all these different things. Um, and he kind of his work focuses in um kind of like ecological uh preservation and exploration and trying to sonify sounds of the past but then also sounds that exist now but will maybe be extinct soon and mainly like biological sounds or ecological sounds um a lot with animals and um, whales. And he's gotten really passionate about like the Pink River Dolphin sounds Mm -hmm. down in the Amazon. And so he goes down and he does these explorations where he's just 
field recording all the time and then um, kind of logging different data. And um, anyway, so he had been working on this project called uh, now called and finished the whale fall. And so I'll like, I'll send you a link actually, so you could see it if you want to, but it's this live cinema piece and he's created it in this other program that I've used for um, uh, digital auth or uh, for um, like, what is it? Sorry, visual software authoring program technically, but called Max MSP. And so he's created this piece in that and it's generative. And um, he uh, had all these whale sounds that he and other researchers and scientists had recorded from around the world, but he was also mainly focusing on gray whale migration and then also whale fall. So like the actual whale like dying um, in a migration and then falling to the ground in the bottom of the ocean and then creating this new biome for life. And so that kind of, that is like that, I guess, poetic concept as well. Yeah. Um, and so he wanted me to come in and give like this human kind of aspect to the piece. And so he asked me to come in and um, sing and vocalize with the whales. And so at first I was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know if I can, I was like, okay, like, yeah, sure. Why not? I'll try it. And so I went in and um, yeah, just something there also was like this huge, like click and drawing. And so, oh man, yeah, just out of body. And I think I had this whole realization of like, wow, like electronics and technology are allowing me to sing with whales. Like it was just so cool. And like this thing that we wouldn't um, believe is possible at all. And then there I was doing it. And so I think that was another realization that I had with um, music and tech and kind of realizing and sound, realizing how amazing it was and um, how much there is to explore, I guess, in that space as well. But yeah, so I sang with minky whales, gray whales, great whales, uh, killer whales, like all these different sounds. And then I'll send you this piece so you can listen to it. Yeah, but basically, to. He kind do you of know of anyone it. else who's ever done this? Like, it's just so fascinating. Like, it just seems like it's the yeah. breakthrough to this like new way of of, yeah. of listening or to to enjoying yeah. um, a sounds that we've never heard before. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's there's this whole space um, for all of this. And so Tim actually is the one who got me into kind of electroacoustic art and um, sound art through like technology and Maximus P and stuff. But um, he encouraged me to um, apply for these summer workshop programs at Stanford at Karma, which is their center for computer research and music and acoustics. And um, so there's a lot of work like in that, in this space being done there. And, yeah, okay. um, but it's cool too. Like, I think actually you would um, also appreciate this, but then what I did the next summer was um, I also did more work with Tim, but I was going in and it was incredible. Like, so he had gone down to the Amazon that year and he had recorded, uh, he had used different ambisonic mics to record the 4D, 3D sound of spaces, which is amazing. So like 16 channels. And usually we just think about music and sound coming in stereo, just two channels. Yeah. But he was taking these microphones that could record the entire space in 3D. So like when you would sit there like in an ambisonic sound chamber and you're listening to the 3D sound, you can actually like see sound like going because it's coming to you in 3D, which is kind of wild to think about. And there's a lot being done in that too. And kind of even thinking about how to transition just normal listening to 3D sound listening. Mm -hmm. But um, anyways, and so he had gone down recorded these spaces with 3D ambisonic mics. And then I had come back to his studio that summer and um, 
there's this whole technique called convolution reverb. And um, basically what it is, is using uh, these like impulse reactive sounds to measure the reverberation of a space. And then basically by using convolution reverb, you can sing in that space. And so it's incredible because you can place your voice in the Amazon. So like he has these reverberations from the Amazon okay. and then there I am, my voice singing in the canopy where he recorded, wow. like in that space. And how do you choose and what so you cool. sing? Like, is that, that's to me just fascinating. Really, yeah, just, it's kind of totally random. Like with that one, it was interesting because at least with the whales, I would try to like harmonize with their tone and their pitch, okay. or I would just completely try to mimic their exact tone. Mm -hmm. um, and it's so beautiful because like whale song is um, so harmonic and so tonal and uh, so similar to like human singing in that sense. But with other kind of like sonic environments um, and just kind of acoustic environments, like a forest, it's wild to try to sing with that because you're not hearing a tone that's like so similar to what you could recreate. Um, but I think with that, with the Amazon, like there was this amazing bird that I was hearing and it was really rhythmic and high pitched. And so I would try to do things like that and mimic that and then go off of that. Or even just the sound of like the creaking wood and like other animals like way off in the distance when I was listening to this and just kind of adding like these atmospheric little fills. And I think a lot of jazz helped me or helps me um, like jazz improvisation helps me with that as well, because mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. And just trying to fit like the sound into the pocket. I don't know. It just kind of comes from listening to that like deeply and then kind of realizing like how, how does that make me feel in this moment? What do I want to sonify? What do I want to add to this collage of sound? Mm, um, there you go. Yeah. That's it. The collage yeah. of sound and you're adding yeah. to it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. This sounds to so me cool. like a very mystical experience. Yeah, definitely. And it's, and it's so, um, yeah, I feel so lucky to be able to do that. And it's kind of wild. Like, it would be so incredible. Uh, like, when I was on my Watson, I was kind of trying to think about, I have all these notebooks. Actually, I can show you from that I would just kind of stick in my pocket and I would mm -hmm. just be walking around. And I think because I was alone so much of the year, um, I, like, really even grew this appreciation for, like, listening to my environment so deeply and, um, and just listening to the subtleties of sound and um seeing the beauty and subtleties of sound like whether it was urban or natural or, or kind of wherever but anyways and so um I think it would be and so I so I like sorry I'm not like getting but anyway so think about the year I had all these different like things that I would think about and ideas and I think one of them would be it would be so cool to figure out like some sort of way um for people to be able to sing in these environments like I could with Tim like and he went down there and so he went down there and recorded like these amazing sounds from these environments but yeah it's just it would be cool to be able to like bring that to kind of everyone and I don't know and kind of just get to experience environments through sound and be able to sing and yeah you know what's interesting too just as a as a spiritual director and guide is that mm -hmm. I often talk to people about listening to their lives yeah mm -hmm. um, and being very present that you know cool. that, that my life is right now in this moment you know with you yeah. and yeah. it's not anywhere else and my intention is fully here right. because the future right. is off somewhere else and the past is back behind me and and totally. the richness of it is right now and in order to hear sounds yeah. I need to be fully present to my life right. and I one of my questions when you were talking mm -hmm. was that do you 
listen to your life differently than you did before because of this. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like definitely. Like even the other day, um, we came back down to Denver and I don't know if you'd seen it on the news, but there was a massive snowstorm blizzard. And so we got like over two feet of snow (laughs) and, um, but it was really amazing because the day after it was this really sunny, like warmish day. And um, it was really cool because all of the snow was just melting, but like at a rapid speed. And we have this huge pine tree in our backyard. And um, I was just shoveling. And then all of a sudden, like, I I mean, I was listening to the shoveling sound or whatever, but then there was just like this beautiful sound and I was right under the tree. So I was completely surrounded like 360, but it was just all of the water melting from all the pines. And it wasn't like a normal raining sound um, because I think it was so isolated to that one area that I was under. And so I think, yeah, totally. Like I am definitely just listening for sounds like that all the time. And I'm like always ready to bring out my phone and record. And so I recorded that sound the other day. And um, yeah, and so I definitely am trying to think about that. And um, since I've been home- This is a spiritual uh, practice. Like this is really, it's a presence practice. Um, I actually recorded a practice just like this with with a mentor of mine recently. And and she had us pause and listen to the sounds of our life. And she said, I want you to just listen to to the the sounds like it's raining here. And so I can hear some cars going by. I know it's raining. I hear the rain spout. And then I want you to take it to like that next layer. Mm. But I want you to listen to the dog's breath, the dog that's sleeping at your feet. Listen to that, that in and out. And then, you know, then take it beyond that scope and listen to the larger sounds. And that we we just kind of come, it's it's so interesting having this conversation with you because we miss that so often because we're in such a hurry. Right. There are the trees are making sounds as they, you know, as they drop this melting snow from their from their leaves. Like the whole environment is speaking to us all the time. Right, right. And I think that has to do too a lot with um, the fact that we live in such a visual world. And I feel like a lot of our metaphors are so visual as well. And we don't think about sound in the same sense that we think about the visual. I mean, for me personally, like, because it's so overwhelming, like this sense is our main primary. And so it's really interesting to try to, yeah, like give sounds as much of that attention as we get um, just with sight. And like, even one of my favorite things to do is just go on a sound walk and um, like really even listen for like obscure sounds. Like that's like, yeah, with the cool thing that I like to, or just a fun thing that I like to do too. But I so. love that. So I'm yeah. going to offer that to people as a yeah. suggestion when we, when your podcast airs is to go on a yeah. sound walk. Yes. So, so many favorite. people yeah. because of the pandemic are out in, right. in, in nature much more than they have been you know, right. forever. I, I was talking to somebody yeah. and they said that they had this real little hike that he and his wife do all the time nice. up in Boston. But he cool. said, it used to just be the two of us. And he said, yeah. you know, he said, my <laughs> wife and I started to notice, wow, there's a lot of people out here now. And so people are searching for, for lots of things during yeah. this time. And yeah. I think that inviting people to go out for a listening walk is pretty yeah. cool. Totally. And even, and like bringing like, and you just have your phone and I would even do that like um, when I was in cities, like I'll just kind of walk around and I won't really pay attention to much of like what I'm seeing, but I'm more just like listening and then recording that. And then it's so interesting then going back to and listening to your sounds that you record. Um, Because sometimes for me, um, I feel like listening to my sound recordings transports me back even to Mm -hmm. that space more than a photo does or even a video. I guess a video has both sound and film, but still I think just the sound 
is like something cool and imaginative with sight in your mind that you're kind of trying to recreate. And so even, yeah, like sound walks definitely are a favorite. And you know, when my kids were little, I used to ask them, you know, where did you see beauty today? Mm, nice. And I love that question because yeah. it causes you to pause and think, yeah. oh, well, that's an unusual question. Nobody really asks yeah. me where I saw beauty today. Yeah. Um, but it would be fun to take your kids out for a walk. Mm-hmm. Totally. You know, yeah. where, you know, what did you hear on our walk? Right. Yeah. And really pay attention. And because yeah. it awakens a sense, one of our senses that we don't really think about as often or talk about, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. So what's your favorite sound? Ooh. <laughs> oh my gosh. I have to think about this. I actually have, I'll send you another link. Um, I have put up a playlist on SoundCloud of like daily sonic gatherings from the year. Okay. Um, when I was on the Watson and um, yeah, so I'll just send it to you so you can see it. But that was my goal to record a sound every day and then maybe, maybe manipulate it in electronics or not, or add more or add lyrics or something um oh man I'm trying to think what is my favorite what stood out and sparkled for you that's what I usually ask you know like what um first thing that comes to your mind oh I think always a favorite sound of mine I I I think that it's kind of tied for two with um like just the sound of wind through leaves Mm -hmm. but then specifically like uh or specific to Colorado, I think aspen leaves in the fall, like the sound of wind through aspen leaves. I just love, I don't know. It's just some sort of sound. And see, I don't know if I know that sound. So yeah. now I want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. they're kind of a, um, they're kind of like a, they're not a totally thick leaf, but they're kind of like a rubbery leaf. And so they're, it's really interesting. Like the sound of them kind of, yeah, with wind is so beautiful. And would you say that that sound then is meditative? for you it takes you to this peaceful place totally yeah oh man yeah and even I like I've recorded I recorded a lot of I tried to record a lot of wind through um leaves but there's something about trying to record that because the wind is so overpowering like in a microphone and so Mm -hmm. you can't quite capture it like as um subtle and beautiful as it is in real life and so but yeah definitely meditative is that maybe why there's that 3d sound so that you can Totally. Yeah. And so that you can kind of exactly control and then also spread um, wind to like different channels. It was really cool. I went um, when I was in Berlin on this year, I went to this place called Monom and it's this center for like, uh, it's a studio, but it's also like a research space and they usually have different artists in residence, but it's for like research in 4D sound and like how to bring that to an audience and designing like hour-long um experiences for a listener and it was so cool like i i rode my bike and um i like show up at this kind of abandoned looking like area a lot of warehouses and i was like ooh, like <laughs> i was like am i in the right spot but um then i'm like kind of pedaling along on the gravel and then i roll up and there's people kind of waiting outside and i was like okay this looks kind of like an art area thing i walk in this unassuming building And like all of a sudden I'm in this amazing sound chamber that these people have developed and they have 64 speakers and you literally walk into this room that's so like acoustically 
set and um, researched that it was just like, oh, there, I had such an appreciation. It was just so beautiful in so many ways, but you walk on this like great and there are speakers even coming from below you. And so you really were just like, and it was so cool. And so I actually listened, you would love this. Um, the show that I got to see or the experience I got to see was with um, this sound artist. And I can't remember where she was from. I don't know, honestly, uh, I can't remember. But anyways, she um, was kind of trying to research like meditation on a 4D sound mm -hmm. scale. And so, and it started out with all these voices like layered, like shooting from all over directions. But then she actually brought all of us, the listeners on this like guided meditation for 45 minutes and it was 3D sound. And so you could like feel the vibrations and it was just, it was so interesting. Oh, that yeah. sounds really neat. It was really cool. Yeah, I think you would have liked it, but yeah. Um, so you have traveled really all around the world from Berlin to Austria, yeah. London, Greenland, Dublin, Australia, Paris, yeah. California, yeah. Denver. Yeah. Um, you know, you really have, um, well, I guess you got the, you got a fellowship when you were in college and you were offered a research grant, um, yeah. which took yeah. you on a lot of these travels and enabled you to sort of, right. you know, chase after this idea and this dream to, to do this type of work. Yeah. Um, yeah. What has the pandemic been like then for you, for somebody who's been you know, all over and then having, you know, to quiet yourself down into. Oh, I think it, yeah, it was, um, it was interesting. I got, so I had just gotten to Buenos Aires, um, last March. So it's been kind of wild. Cause like this week I've definitely been thinking like, wow, I can't believe it's been almost 365 days. Yeah. Um, but that's okay because it's all good. And I actually am feeling so fortunate because Watson foundation is allowing all of the from this past year to like retain our remaining funds and stipend oh, and grant great. which is so nice and usually like it would have to be returned but um yeah and so I actually will be able to go back out and finish my Watson mm -hmm. and I think I'll and I'll be able to finish it and last for like five more months um okay. sometime in the future so I'm really looking forward to that and I'm so excited um but yeah so I just got into Buenos Aires and I was going to kind of research uh like tango electronica and then after that, I was supposed to go and work, which I was really looking forward to, but to work with this professor in Chile, in Santiago, who um, has this whole research department based around kind of like machine learning and sound. But then his his focus is in creating um, new instruments for deaf people by using haptic sound and like frequency and um, vibration of sound. Oh, cool. And so, yeah, and so I think I was definitely like, so I came home um, before having the chance to go there. Um, and I, I think it's been good. It's, it's been, it was definitely, I was, I was definitely like bummed at the beginning, but it's also been good. And I actually feel lucky, like, um, that I have been able to like, take this step back from the research and the year and like really be able to look at all of my research and findings and like kind of process it in this way that I wouldn't necessarily have had like in the year because I was just kind of going like boom, boom, boom. And so I think that's been really cool. And then it's even been like allowing me to think about new things and think about new things that I maybe want to experience and try to go look for um, when I go back out. And some of those things honestly being um, uh, like sonic wonders of the world. Like I didn't even think about that when I was going, but um, I've been reading this book called The Sound Book. And it's this researcher, uh, sound engineer talking about all of the sonic wonders of the world. And so I think that's something I would like to go and do. So it's cool because now I kind of have this new sense of direction of like what mm -hmm. I want to go out and research when I go. 
Um, but I also was bummed because uh, I was really looking forward to like completing the challenge of being away and having this time away and like not being on social media not doing anything related to like kind of, yeah, my life like um, for a full year. And um, so I definitely am, I was definitely like maybe like grieving the that of not being able to like finish that challenge because I was definitely like also feeling it at that point in the year. And I was kind of like, okay, you're gonna pull through Fiona. Like, come on, you can do this. Like you got this, like, and and then I, and then I just kind of went home all of a sudden because everything changed. So that was kind of the one thing that I was bummed about because I wanted to like fight through that yeah. <laughs> and finish it, but yeah. So it sounds like, you know, there were some disappointments, but also some gifts in this past year yeah. of, of having to be home. And, and yeah. sounds to me like you, you were able to reflect and really give some thought to your future where you may have just been in right. it, you know, and right. going, going, and yeah. this kind of gave you an idea of, um, of, you know, really trying to sit down and, and, and and think through exactly what what that next step will be and so I guess that was my next question I I have Scandinavia written down here I know what's next is that is that on the agenda it's on the agenda yeah and that's what I'm hoping for um we'll see hopefully this fall that's kind of the plan um I was supposed to go yeah so I was supposed to be there last summer um in Oslo and um like meeting with a research group that focuses on machine learning and the voice but from a live performance improvisational perspective so like having this other human being not really but like yeah other being i guess with you on stage that's improvising but using your vocal tones but then using completely new lines that you've never even created yourself and so um yeah so i'm definitely hoping to go and meet with them but then now i think um so this past year actually even when i had gotten down to buenos aires i was starting to think about what i wanted to do like after the watson and i'd kind of realized like uh, there's a part of me that's so passionate for this um this space of experimentation with um, music and technology and trying to think about how to like further the human voice and extend it into like totally new sonic spaces and environments and how yeah how we can do that and create these new sounds um and research that. But then also there's this part of me that just like loves performing and I loved writing songs and I was writing songs like crazy that past year. And then since I've been home, I've been writing songs like crazy. And, um, and I actually had missed my guitar, like on the year, I missed having like an acoustic instrument, even though I was so like gung ho, like electronics, like, yeah, but I really missed having like that vibration of an instrument on me. So I've been playing guitar like nonstop since I've been being home and, um, writing songs that way. Um, and so, yeah, and I'd kind of been thinking, like, I really want to go for this dream that I've always kind of had um, in, like, some way of, um, and now I'm kind of realizing it is, like, this dream of going and becoming, like, a recording artist and performer, and um, I just and love it. And then incorporating this, this work totally. into that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and trying to figure out, like, kind of, yeah, and what that means, and I think my dream would be to, like, try to create this intersection and connection between both worlds. Um yeah, and I don't know exactly like what that looks like, but also kind of on a pop, it's like an electro pop level and like a performing level, like going to a venue, but then maybe also incorporating some cool, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm sure that that it will all come together. And yeah, yeah, thanks. thanks. Um, 
yeah. I was curious about going just back to the beginning again. Um, I know your mom is an artist and yeah. you're also an artist in a, in a different form. Um, mm -hmm. So maybe your artistic ability comes from that, but who was the musician in your, in your life, you know, um, that, that started, you know, that introduced you to music at four years old. Um, oh man, it's so funny. I like, um, like, was there a piano in your house that you were drawn to or was there like, how did some, how did your mom notice that, that, no. that this was your gift? Oh, I think it, I would just, I would just sing all the time. And I don't even know if we had a piano at that time. Cause we have a grand piano, but I'm not sure if we had it when I was super young. Um, but yeah, I would just kind of like, I would just sing like by myself, just like random. And so, so, so I just love that because it's usually someone in our life that says, Hey, Fiona likes to sing. Let's get her some. And then that yeah. maybe was set you on the path with, and then yeah. your, your whole path is threaded with all of these amazing people that were placed mm -hmm. on your path that right. were teachers that whether it was sports or music that brought you along yeah. to, and, and, you know, and, and. I always think, you know, at least in my life that I, that each of those people that I have a piece of them, you yeah. know, it's sort of like this patchwork yeah, totally. of all of my mentors. I love that. Yeah. Have, have created who I am. And I'm, I'm definitely seeing yeah. that same pattern with you that you had all of these brilliant, you know, and some a little scary, but, <laughs> but that pushed you. Um, yeah. and something else that you said that, that I caught that I loved is that you were like, come on, Fiona, that you were, you're a cheerleader for yourself yeah, yeah. in your own head. And that's a really important piece because a lot of us aren't. And I think that some of your success or a lot of your success and drive probably comes from that confidence of, yeah. you know, being yeah. good to yourself and sort of cheer, being a good cheerleader for yourself. Um, it's so important, I think, for our success and for our well-being. So I, I wanted you to know that I caught that. And I think that, that's, oh, yeah. you know, not only are you beautiful and glowing <laughs> on the outside, but I think you feel that way about yourself on the inside, at least um, yeah. that's what's coming across to me. And I think that that beauty, I'm sure, you know, comes out in your music too. Thanks. Um, yeah. yeah thanks. So it's been such a pleasure talking to you. Usually at the end of, uh, at my conversations with people, I ask them, you know, what are words, special words that you live by or a quote? And uh, you said that the future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. Yeah. Eleanor Roosevelt. Yeah. My mom actually sent that. Um, yeah. Well, I guess, and even too, like I was going to say, like, I guess it's like my mom and my dad who really like got me into singing because I think they just noticed when I was young. Yeah. But my mom used to send me, um, like, I guess when I was in college, but then also like growing up, she's really, she like is really into post-it notes and we have them like all over and she'd always leave them in my lunchbox or she'd leave them in my backpack and I'd find them and they'd just be like little lines, like whether it was a quote or a lyric or even just something that she kind of wrote. Yeah. Um, and she would do that in college. And so she sent that one to me, that quote to me on a post-it note, an envelope. I can't remember, maybe it was my senior year. And, um, and I still have, I've like kept all of her little post-it notes. Mm -hmm. um but yeah there's something about that that was just uh really beautiful and exciting and like empowering and um it kind of goes along with what I just said that I saw yeah, inside cool. of you really right, yeah. is 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 that quote 
Um, and I love that your mom did that. And I think that people don't perhaps might not realize what an impact those tiny little whispers of yeah. words that we paint on one another. Right? You know, if you want to go another layer, the sounds of those words that we right. layer on yeah. one another, that they have right. such lasting impact. And it might not seem like it at the time when you're dropping that in somebody's lunchbox or you're putting right. it on their desk, but yeah. here you are, you know, you're probably 24, yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah. 24, yeah. And you, <laughs> yeah. you saved all of them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. so those words have, be, you know, have become um, an important, valuable part of our lives. And so I think I love that. Tell your mom, I love that because yeah, I, will. Yeah. Um, I think that, that it's so important as, as uh, loved ones to people that we, that we take the time to do those little things and you think, ah, oh, it doesn't matter. And, and yeah, yeah I think yeah, it totally does. Yeah. And she actually, it's like, I have this whole stack, like since I've been home, um, like my new songs actually coming off of my new EP that'll be out soon called Shades of Forest. My two new songs off of that um, came from words from my mom. Cause she's been like same thing i have all these i can show you i have all these like i see them um, yeah these are all of different uh like she's written these kind of spirits of time like she mm. has been writing a lot of lyrics kind of just like for fun i think when she goes to her studio and so um yeah i feel so lucky because she helps me so much like create songs and but just with her words and sending and giving me these like beautiful little yeah just like lines and so and so two of my new like favorite songs have come from some of her words so dream star and one day she came in and she was like this is just a just this is but a layer in time and so that's like the kind of the premise of that song and then another one is like the colors still remain and the colliding colors are the same out in nature and so that's another one for shades of forest but mm, yeah. what a gift that's beautiful yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for coming and, and talking thank to you me. Thank you so much. This has been so nice, Pam. Yeah. Yeah. This it's yeah. been an absolute pleasure. So thank you for for taking the time out to to share oh, your likewise. story and so inspiring. And um, I would, I hope that people are encouraged to listen to your music and to um, go out and and take a uh, a sound walk. I love that. Yes, <laughs> definitely go out and take a sound walk. Yes, I love it. <laughs> Thanks so much. I'm Pam Rotelli-Robertson, and you have been listening to Talking Joy, talks that help you realize your value while creating authentic connections with others. For more information about our talk today or to get in touch, you can find us at TalkingJoy.org. And to keep the encouragement going, you can also follow Talking Joy on Instagram and Facebook. Simple, joyful, fun. Thanks for listening. This is Talking Joy.